You're listening to Major League Dreams. Many kids grow up dreaming about playing baseball at the highest level, but do they really know what kind of work it takes to get there? This season of Major League Dreams consists of a series of interviews with Baltimore Orioles outfielder Ryan McKenna, who has followed his dream all the way to AAA. Listen in to hear about Ryan's journey from Little League to the minor leagues. He'll share stories about the path he took to professional baseball and what he learned along the way. We will keep it light. We will keep it informative. Please send in any questions you have using the link in the description, and we will do our best to answer as many as possible. We love the questions. I'm your host, Sean McKenna, co-host. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Major League Dreams podcast, episode one. Ryan, thank you for joining us, even though this was partially your idea and you're somewhat obligated. Uh, <laughs> how are things going? Good, man. So good. Yeah, the tan- that, this, is a, this is a tandem effort. Um, even though you're probably going to be ended up doing most of the editing, which is fine. fine. Um, I'm That's here fine. for support for anything that you need. And I'm excited to be here, man. How are you doing today? Solid? I'm doing good. I'm coming at you from semi-quarantine from the great state of Georgia. GA. And, and uh, living, loving life in Atlanta. I'm glad things are opening up a little bit more. Now. Yeah. So that's been good. But let's dive into this. So what yeah. we want to do with this podcast is really kind of shed some light on what the path is for people who maybe play little league or maybe you are you're a good high school player and you want to take your baseball game to the next level and you have dreams about doing that you you know you watch MLB on TV what does it look like to actually accelerate your game how much time does it take um what kind of work do you have to put in how do you have to eat things of that nature so to do that we're going to do it the only way we know how which is to draw from a real life example which uh, is basically the life of uh, my brother Ryan and what's what he's done so far. So I guess just to start, we could start at the beginning and uh, could you talk to us a little bit? I know, I know, but for people listening, you know, about where you grew up, what was the area like, um, you know, maybe about baseball from an early age. Do you want to start out talking about what the area was like? Yeah, totally, man. Um, You know, a lot of good stuff that you mentioned in there for sure. Um, There's so much that goes into it from not only just, the amateur aspect, but location as well. And, and the main question I think you asked was, you know, how was it like for me in the Northeast? So I, just a little bit of a background. I started uh, really young, obviously, as most baseball players that are in the same position that I am right now do. I, uh, I was with the USA Mavericks affiliation with the Travel Ball AAU program from, I think I started when I was eight or nine. And um, just kind of progress from there, man. And uh, you mentioned a couple of things about nutrition and, and, and way to eat and take care of your body. I think that the foundation that, I mean, you know, you were there as well, where we were in Center for Athletes when we were like in, I started in sixth grade, what, I think you were being eighth or ninth grade. And I, I think that is, is an incredible advantage. I think that anybody can do right off the bat, you know doing it the right way, um, educating yourself on what the best program is going to be for your specific sport. I think that that was one of the biggest catapults that gave me an advantage. Um, just from the beginning, you know, I, 
not many people who like when you ask a lot of the people that you went to college with like who went and started working out at that age you know like is it is it very many or yeah i don't think it i don't think it was and so yeah you from an early age you said you were eating good you grew up in the northeast in new hampshire playing for mavericks baseball and you were doing uh center for athletes describe that for people who who don't know like what what was the what was that all about yeah i mean as a as a young kid i mean educating yourself on nutrition i think i didn't eat super good comparatively to what i do now or even somewhere close i mean it was still like doritos and and pizza sometimes during the school lunches but i think at that age my metabolism just it didn't matter the activity level that i had just catapulted that and and i was able to be active for i mean a ton of time throughout the day so um but just going through the the workout program it was awesome i mean immediately when we went down to center for athletes uh tim merchant and bill i'm I'm blanking on his last name right now but he um they definitely took us under their wing And, and for me i think i didn't know obviously about any sort of strength program when I was, I was just like, I play football at recess, you know, that's, that's all I run around yep. and I'm fast. Like, that's cool. But they, yeah, I was like, I can outrun uh, Timmy over there on the playground and look cool. But um, I think just being in that environment and setting yourself up for those athletic movements and training from that age, you know, um, box jumps, explosive power, lateral movement, um, speed training and, you know, range of motion alongside like a ton of different attributes that balance my body from such a young age. I think that was just, I mean, that was super fortunate for me to be in, in that environment. And I mean, you, you had that experience as well. What, what would you take away from that? For me, yeah, it was definitely a good workout experience. It's a lot easier to be more disciplined when you have a trainer, somebody supervising and making sure that you are making the progress yeah. that you need to. And we did a lot of cardio, I think, which which can be good. I probably, if I had to do it over again, I would have done a little bit more strength stuff just because that kind of aligned with my personal goals too and not just yeah. – uh, Like, like what, what type of strength, strength stuff? Like, like- – we you were a big front squatter, like or deadlifts and and stuff like that, or what? What were you thinking? Yeah, probably just be more well rounded, I guess. Like it's okay to take care of the beach muscles a little bit. That probably goes oh, yeah. against what we're what we're doing here. I mean, for, uh, I think it's a balance, though, right? Because I mean, obviously, aesthetically, at some point, you want to try to have some goals for yourself, but. I mean, at the end of the day for athletes, I think that if you do those, you know, specific strength exercises for your sport, I think at the end of the day, I mean, we were probably the most fit, you know, brothers, at least I I know of, you know what I mean? At at that stage in our lives. So, I I mean, that's just me, though. What do you think? Yeah. No, that's that's probably true. I'll toot my own horn. Yeah. I had it it back in the day. I fell (laughs) off a little bit now. Maybe get it back by the time I'm You're training for Probably yeah. won't though. Those that ship has sailed. Hey. But uh yeah, let's uh let's backtrack a little bit. So yeah. let talk to us about kind of growing up 
in New Hampshire, what was that like? Is there snow? I mean, obviously I know again, but yeah. tell the people what it was like. <laughs> oh, it's and because you you can't play baseball year rounds. You yeah. know what was that outside of Mavericks? What was what was baseball like? What was what was it like growing up in uh, in New England at an early age? I mean, thank God for the inside facilities, man. I like a lot of people from similar type states, uh, Illinois, you know, a lot of those cold weather specific states, they, they understand that you have to go inside to get your work done. And we were lucky enough to have that facility in, in, uh, Newington, New Hampshire, where Homer in USA was available to us pretty much wherever we wanted. You know, we, if we wanted extra swings, we would just drive down there and, you know, take as many as we wanted. So, I think finding that connection and, and allowing yourself to have that opportunity in any aspect, like if you are motivated to do something, you're going to find a way to get it done. You know what I mean? So for us, it was like we wanted to go or it evolved into we wanted to go get reps. We wanted to go throw. We wanted to go take like routed fly balls that they would toss up to us and all that stuff. And um, and I think just the motivation from from wanting to be involved with baseball um doesn't didn't matter because it was snowing outside we were going to make it happen because we were just motivated to do it and i think that you know is is the biggest key for me um i don't know what you thought but yeah no i agree that that all was really good and i like what you said about finding a way and for us we had to go inside to a warehouse type situation and get yeah. get as much work in as we could it's definitely not a perfect substitute for being outside, but yeah, um, you got to work I, with what you have. You remember those days when we would go out to like the local, uh, what is it? Was it Niver Field? Was that what it was called in Summersworth? Yes. I think I that's think what it was. Like that. Yeah. Well, like when we had that weighted ball program and we were like trying to throw it as far as we could for like, we had that, I think there was the outfield at Niver Field and then we went to the local Noble High School and trying to throw it like all the way across on the football field when we were like, I don't yeah. even know how old we were, but I mean, kind of a give and take on that. I did have some sort of soreness because we played so much during the summer. During the summer times, we pretty much had no free time because we were either training for the weekend tournaments or we were traveling or, you know, we were trying to get better. And usually, I don't know if you remember this, but the fall time was usually when we did the throwing program. So it was like starting to get really cold. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Played some fall baseball in there too. Mixed it up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Fall ball with the metal bats. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That's not yeah. really gets you on both ends. There were some years where we would shovel snow off the field just to be able yeah. to play one of our first games. And then by the end of the season in the fall, you're getting snowed on a little bit. So oh, yeah. you got to hurry around the bases you, you, or else. You know, you Mother Nature got you on both ends for sure. I remember Absolutely. in one high school season, we had uh, we had to shovel off our uh, high school baseball field in May. Oh, God. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's tough. That's why, I moved, that's why I moved a little bit south. Yeah, first piece yeah. of advice is move south if you can. If you're under <laughs> 18, that may be tougher, but over – Try you know, your hardest. College or something, yeah. Will, yeah, will the sunshine into your life. Hey, don't be afraid to pull up the PowerPoint to your parents. Say pros and cons. 
Here's what Florida has to offer. Sarasota is beautiful. It's actually where a lot of pro teams have their spring training facilities. So, I mean, if, I think it'd be a good pitch. If, if you had the right motives, I think you had a, a good plan there. Yep. Leave out the coronavirus statistics for now. But hey, Florida is usually a good spot. It's just a blip, all right? 90, <laughs> just, 90% of its existence has been fire. All right. I was just making that up. I, don't, I mean, it's definitely a good no, state to be in, though. We're with it. <clears throat> um, so, talk to us about starting out playing. What were uh, what were the little league days like, and how how did your career kind of start? Yeah, in that so throwing it way back. Um, originally, where we started to, I think, own the enjoyment of the game. I think that's a good term to do it. Was the little league days? You know, we won that first Berwick or Maine state championship in the history of that town, I believe. So and that was just the most pure fun. We were a good group. We had athletic kids, hometown. We knew each other. We played pretty much every sport together, traveled uh, basketball and football at some points before, you know, I stopped playing and then baseball as well. So it was just, it was a great time. I played I think nine U's, 10 U's, 11 U's, and 12 U's. So four total years with the Berwick boys that we could call them. And it, it was just the most pure. I mean, we my, obviously you knew that our dad was the coach. He had just a way of connecting to the kids that I think that to this day, he says he has those, those guys reach out to him and say, hey, like I really appreciate you as, as a person and, and taking care of us at that age and, and owning our enjoyment in the game of baseball. So, I mean, those little snippets of like highlights during that time was we would have this, this practice, this, um, I don't know what you call it, but just like a routine that we did. And we called it like unbelievable plays or whim gems. And I remember my dad would just hit balls as hard as he could in the gaps and the, in the holes in the infield. And, you'd have little like nine-year-olds going out and diving and making these plays and, and trying to throw, you know, to first base as accurate as possible. And I think that's like really where I, it sparked it for me. So I, I mean, I think a lot of kids can relate in those days where it's just pure fun. You're not worried about anything. It's just, you're going out playing the game and having a good time, you know? Yep. Yeah. And that was, you had regular season, right? And then it was the all-star team that, Made all the playoff runs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So similar to most, I want to say, Little League setups was we had our standard regular season games where ours was DLC painting. And I know there was like prime tanning. Um, Oh, yeah. I think there was – I'm trying to remember all the names. Do you remember all the names? There was some paving, I think. There was a paving. Yeah. All All your typical industry. Like the yeah, like the local companies, they would like sponsor the little league teams and, and oh, give yeah. us hats and stuff. So if you're if you're building a house or trying to dress yourself, you knew where to go. The uh, signs yeah. are on the little league fences. <laughs> we had no like big sponsorships like Nike or Adidas yet, but uh, that yeah. was just uh, we were we were starting from the ground up, which was good. Yep. But no, it, yeah. So that was the the regular season happened, and then after that, it kind of said we had a select group and. And just kind of went from there. And, and honestly, we all knew that we were going to play together. It was just like maybe a couple kids 
you know, we're just trying to decide who to take on with the all-star team or not. But yeah, that was, that was a ton of fun, man. That was a blast. Yep. And would you say like for people trying to gauge their talent and whether or not, um, you know, that baseball is something they want to pursue. Would you say you're above average at an early age? And not to say if you're not above average as an early age, baseball can't be a career for you, but Mm -hmm. it may may require like some extra work or something like that. Would you say you showed above average? That's a good question. Um, I definitely think that there are two things that you could look at primarily. The number one being if there's a kid with the work ethic that is just way beyond his age, I think that's something to consider for sure in, in an athletic industry because that that's something that has to be learned over time. And then the second mm-hmm. thing is, I think, just pure hand-eye coordination. You know, I, I think yeah, at a certain point, you can just tell by, you know, for me, it was I was able to hit a wiffle ball or anything with a bat. Like, it was just from, like, three years old. I was able to do that. So, and, and that's just a gift that I've been given. And, and I think that if you can recognize those two things at an early age as a father or, or a, a parent that's pushing towards a baseball career, I think that's a great gauge to have. So in, in my opinion, just from observing a lot of my teammates and, you know, people I played with as well. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. makes sense. And then you mentioned travel baseball briefly. You yeah. talked about the Mavericks, but I know you had your main your main season teams, but how did travel baseball look for you before high school? You mentioned some weekends. Are you talking about um, uh, Mavericks, Maverick years? Yeah, yeah. Mavericks, yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. I think that, again, just going off of the Little League experience, it was just more of that time. It started to become a little more competitive. You know, literally, you only have a select group of players that you can pick from, you know, from your town. And once you get into the AAU realm, it's more select. So it got a little bit more competitive. We would travel. I think the furthest that we would travel was Massachusetts at that age. I think from 13 on to like 14, 15, maybe. I I forget exactly how long I was there, but um yeah it was just kind of the transition a little bit more like we started playing on the intermediate fields longer base oh, yeah. guys and then you know i ended up going to the the big 90 foot field and 300 foot fences which is kind of which is nine side they probably that's pretty short for a field now but yeah <laughs> it, it was like still, still long for me <laughs> Nah, i got you being able to put some out ah uh, we'll see yeah, I don't know if I can, maybe yeah, that's, that's a hitting future video or something. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll do some lessons. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, incompetent batting lessons. <laughs> How to not hit? <laughs> I'm just dust kidding. it off. Call uh, it dust it off. Yeah, yeah, that would be that'd be awesome. I, I I bet you you would get a decent amount of people reaching out to do that. If you got like a couple of select group of people that were just like, hey, we're we're doing this segment on dust it off. And we're going to go out and we're just going to try hitting nukes and we're going to have a good time. That would be sweet. I would yeah. watch it. I don't know about anybody else, but I would. Um, <laughs> all right, we got we got one fan locked in. That's yeah, what I mean. we're good. One for one. Hey, that's all it starts. Um, anyway, there, uh, I think, so I'm trying to pick up where I left off. The transition to the bigger fields and 
when I think when you learn to get the bigger bats and all that stuff and the pitching starts to get a little harder, um, that's when it really plays into like confidence and okay, I can do this at a high level and, you know, just experience with plate discipline and all that stuff. And, and the frequency for that for us was pretty extreme. I'd say, I, I mean, six to seven hours on a weekend, Maybe well on a day we had double headers on a Saturday and Sunday for pretty much the whole summer, and the furthest we, we would travel, like I mentioned, was probably Massachusetts. And you know the the summer times actually, on contrary to belief, do get really hot in New England. So for us, it was it was like honestly a little simulation of what it's like in pro ball. It's definitely not as frequent. But it was setting up and everything that I look back to now is like totally in alignment of, you know, getting ready for this opportunity. So, yeah, absolutely makes sense. And would you recommend that same type of schedule for someone who, you know, maybe has dreams of of playing at a high level one day? Do you think that was critical in terms of your development or are there other kind of avenues you'd recommend? Yeah, I definitely would suggest if you want to pursue it, there's a fine line to it. There's definitely a fine line. And the the better way that you're going to learn and understand the game is just by playing and going through it and experiencing. And I think the the coach's job, and, and that's a big piece, is finding a good mentor for you that's really going to help you and and explain and help you understand the game on a day-to-day basis. So. For me, I had a lot of good mentors and was fortunate enough in that aspect to really kind of just get a full encapsulation of what the game entailed along with having an ability to perform and and gain momentum towards that confidence of, yeah, I can do this at a high level. So I think it just it, it, it boils down at the end of the day to do you have good mentors? Do you have the resources and time to put into this? And do you see yourself in realistically being able to have that opportunity in the future? And even if not, if you come up a little short, you find yourself at a really good school, division one, have some scholarships, you know, that could be a definitely, you know, one of your goals that you try to achieve. So I think there's just a lot to it and you really have to have a game plan for you and make sure it's worth your commitment all the way around time and financial and, you know, overall enjoyment of your childhood, you know, for your kid or whoever is playing. So, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, just one more question before we kind of shift gears a little bit. But you had, in my experience, you had exposure to high levels of competition mm-hmm. at a young age. And it seemed as if that benefited you positively. And part of that was because maybe I was a little bit older and oh, you know, yeah, our, totally. our dad was pretty active in the coaching scene. Yeah. But you were able to play a couple years up in Little League. You were able to play high school baseball, you know, maybe in junior high. So could you talk to us yeah. a little bit about that and then maybe spend a little time talking about uh, our our playoff run when you were still in junior high, but you were able to play on the – the varsity team. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, looking back at that, being in seventh grade and playing on a varsity baseball team with 18 year olds, like that's kind of crazy, like, you know, in hindsight, but 
I think to this day that you're totally right. I give credit to you and, and obviously my environment with family and, and the willingness to pursue that opportunity for me is I, I appreciate that to this day. You know, you were very active. You're a good player. You were able to, you know, have that make that opportunity for me to get that experience as well. So, yeah, like it, it was just, I mean, kind of turning the clock forward a little bit now i mean i'm 23 and and in double a or was assigned to triple a norfolk before the stoppage and the average age i think in triple a is closer to higher 20s or maybe even almost to the 30s so yeah i i mean development at any i mean take it any industry if you're able to get experience at a more advanced level you're gonna learn and you're gonna pick up stuff and if you can do that i mean Hey, you know, I definitely would encourage to go for that. But I mean, you have to make sure it's the right thing for you. So, and, you know, I'm, I'm definitely grateful for that. And there was a lot to learn. And, and, and obviously the PCA playoff run was pretty special. I mean, for us in the small community that we were in, for me, my experience was just like in awe. Like I was just, around older guys and I was just going to keep to myself and just, I remember just laughing and laughing during the, the uh, spaghetti dinners that we had. I like some of the jokes that were said were just not really on my radar, but I found them so funny at the time because I was young and, you know, I, I remember Ricky Gilbert just making me crack up at the, I think we were at the Cunningham's house. I don't, do you remember the spag nights or the, the dinners? That yeah. We had? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are just some of our former teammates. Yeah. Who, uh, good guys. Shout out to them. Hope they're doing well. Yeah. Shout out to the and OG. Um, shout out to the OG homies. But, yeah, OG we brought home the state title that year in New Hampshire. Yeah. Division yeah. four. You know I what mean, it is. You were, you were, dude, you were the workhorse on that team, man. I, when you hit the triple in the championship game, you carried us in the playoffs. You, oh, yeah. uh, I came at him with that 68-mile-an-hour fastball, bro. No one was ready. <laughs> No one was ready. That curveball. 75% curveballs, bro. The that sky. Curveball. And the changeup, dude. You forgot about your devastating changeup. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. the EFIS, yeah. <laughs> no, it, gets it gets in there. I was like Tim Wakefield without the knuckleball. Yeah, with, I was, with the, uh, just the drop. Yeah. No, like, uh, dancing oh, yeah. motion. Yep. It just oh, took man. people. Yeah, people weren't ready for that speed change. Hey, man. But uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. And then do you see, I know you kind of touched on this before, but do yeah, you right. see playing with people, say you're from an area where baseball, it's not a baseball hotspot. You're not from Southern California. You're not from yeah. Texas. You're not from Florida or the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you see that kind of trying to get exposure to maybe older people or more experienced people playing as a substitute for, you know, maybe people in Southern California can play against people their own age and they get the development they need. Do you see that as kind of a viable substitute plan? Yeah, I mean, I think in my mind, it's just all about talent of play. So if you're able to travel and play at a higher level traveling, that's great, you know, but there's only limited resources that you can work with, you know what I mean? So you have to take what is available to you And if you can somehow work with whatever program you are and say, hey, as a father or somebody that's vouching for their kid, be like, hey, my my son is really, you know, showing promise in the sport. I'm looking for him and I think he can compete at this level. And and just kind of candidly speaking with whoever runs the 
facility or program and just being like, Hey, I, you know, it's, it's definitely a legitimate shot for him to do this. I would totally advise for that and, and plead your case in a correct manner. You know, if your son is dominating at a level that he's at and you just know for a fact that he's way too advanced for the level that I would a thousand percent encourage that, that move to go up and, and say, Hey, and explain your case. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I think that will wrap up segment one. We can go into segment two next. We're going to move on to high school and how things can change quickly. Thank you all for listening to this first section. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening right now. Subscribe on YouTube. We've got the visual arts going. I've got this green background, which is normally my green screen, which I haven't used very much. But we got that up. We got all kinds of entertainment. Send in your questions. I'll leave a link below. Ask us questions. We we will answer as many as we can. And we got a wealth of uh, experience, not really from myself. I don't really know anything. But Ryan has been uh, on the road. He's been grinding. He's been <laughs> riding the bus. He can tell you, uh, you know, what's good, what's the order at Waffle House at 3 a.m. Oh, so, dude, my Waffle House orders are <laughs> sub to none, dude. Yeah. And we may we may put some sponsor links down below. Check those out if you want to yes, support us. But we appreciate you all. And uh, we will see you again soon, hopefully. Catch you next Peace. time. Thanks, guys.